Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Planning Phase Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We are here with episode 16. You must unlearn <coughs> what you have learned. Tonight, we're going to be talking about XTC as they have the championship finals today. And uh, this guy won something. Can't believe I actually won it. Not XTC se semifinals. I didn't win those. But I won my on my predictions, crazily enough. Um, we're also going to be talking about the new ship spoilers because... God only knows that uh, they're exciting and they're back to FO. So I'm extremely excited by that. And we're going to be talking a little bit about what turns my dial with AMG. And to conclude the show, we're going to kind of take it through a conversation about what makes a good squad. I really wanted to talk about this last week, but we just didn't get to it with our list reveal. With that being said, why don't we bring in all of my co-hosts. Welcome to the show, Mr. Matthew. And Mr. Hey. Dillman, how are you tonight, sirs? Good. I hope you're good because right. I can't hear either of you. <laughs> well, we're, just like so we're just so good. I excited. was just trying to be polite. I know, right? It doesn't happen very often, but hey, yeah. I was trying to be polite. I'm doing the good. One time he does it a week. This is it, right? And it's always, yeah, right. it's always, it's always for me. Uh you're you're not wrong. Tell your wife. <laughs> oh, so. How was your week, fellas? This this week has been exciting for me uh, personally in terms of the XCC front. I get to watch all the chatter. Then we got all the games this weekend. Um, I luckily didn't have much going on. Um, I'll be honest. I did not get up at 3 a.m. to watch um, any games at 3 a.m. But I did did get to watch quite a few games on Gold, Gold Squadron and on the X-Wing Debrief, um, both of those networks. Uh, so hopefully all of you uh, had a good weekend, and we're able to catch a few All games. Right. Was not able to catch any games, though, unfortunately. How about you, Charles? Um, I caught a couple. I uh, caught Fun Walk versus um, Ollie this afternoon, hmm. um, which was a really good game. I like watching Ollie play. His play style is quite different than mine, um, so watching him play a lot. Um, I got to watch him at the Worlds when he won. Um, so I really, really enjoy that play style. Um, and like I said, it's a lot different than mine. So being able to see something like that is fun. Um, I forget who the other game was, but I only got to catch two of them. It's been a busy day for me. So. Well, awesome. That's, that's good news. It's exciting tonight. We have new reveals. So, you know, I don't know if you're excited. I know I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I have not, I purposely not played first order almost at all in the last month just so that when they drop the new releases here in September, I'll be super excited for it. And I'll be just, I'll do nothing but play FO. You guys are going to hate, hate playing against me because all I'm going to spend my time doing is playing FO. I'll, I'll be like Charles and scum. Except for the only last no different month. than you and CIS now. Oh, I, <clears throat> I don't want to hear that. We played a game today, sir. We did. And I did not play CIS. I played soon tier uh, Darth Vader. So. And barely won. That was a close and game. Barely won. I actually didn't think I won that game. <laughs> I was like, I gave up at the end of that one. But yeah, I somehow pulled out that game for I don't know, ten points or something like that. Was that against yeah, robots? Close to there, yeah. Yeah, robots are a lot of fun. One of my favorite lists. So Say, I've been thinking about playing it. those more often. <clears throat> they look, they look like a lot of fun. I mean, especially if you put them right together the right way, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, Charles I had mine were mine were heavy. Loaded. They were ninety nine. I was gonna say mine were ninety nine points each. Um, it's so, pretty much the way to do it, right? Isn't that how it's supposed to be? Isn't that the way to do it, though, Charles? 
I mean, you can. The other way that I've seen them built out pretty strong is um, to build light where you can fit three in there. Because you can fit gotcha. three with the title and um, a few toys. And then all three of them share pilot abilities. You get a lot of fun, you know, out of that. Um, gotcha. But, you know what I mean? Outside of that, it was it was fun. The one I ran today was just two with all the toys. So... Yeah. Either Seems way, interesting. Yeah, it was fun. I think Charles thought I was going to run the ACIS list when we because when I messaged him, I was like, hey, I want to play a game. I don't know what else to do with my time other than stare at the screen anyway. We might as well play a game. And then I was like, oh, I got to break out. I tried to mimic John's Vader soon tier list, but I couldn't remember. But I ran shield upgrade stealth device on soon tier. So wow. he was a um, very fat soon tier. He's 75 points soon tier. And then I ran Vader with Prockets, which I was able to get off like round or engagement round two. Ooh, but it nice. that would it didn't do much. Like, I mean, it, it took him. Yeah. It took his shields down, but that was about it. <laughs> I couldn't do yeah. a lot of damage after that. I was spending most of my time just running from him. I ran. Yeah, um, well, I ran the bot that when you did a sloop, you could change it into a hard or a K turn. Uh, and then the bot that if you missed a shot, you could get a uh, double tap cannon. Uh, both of them had ion and auto blasters. Both of them had elusive. Um, both yeah, of them had shield thing. upgrade. So <laughs> lots of lots of fun and options. I had FTC. Uh, so I used one that, that uh, to counteract FTC. the free uh, the free evade that Defender Vader got by going fast. Mm. Um, so nice. it was a good. It was a fun match. Sounds interesting. Did you end up losing then, Chris, or went in, or who won? I thought uh, I lost. I almost he, actually gave up and conceded. I was going to say, he lost until the very last engagement, and then he was able to land one damage through that gave him half on my other uh, my other bot, and that put him up in points. My Vader love defender, when it's like a one-point game, like literally one-hit-point game. <laughs> yeah, I outmaneuvered his, his robot. He came in strong <clears throat> with yeah. him. And thinking that I would, you know, for the block, right? And then he wins mm. the game. I did the um, one bank and then I barrel rolled. <laughs> so I didn't okay. have an evade token, but I wasn't an arc, so I didn't need one. I, I yeah. have never in my life done a one bank maneuver with a defender, ever. That I is say that doesn't Charles, seem like a very common maneuver. It's <laughs> literally the first time in my whole career of flying defenders I've ever done that. Fair enough. Oh. Well, with that being said, let's talk about the new ships, shall we? I'm excited for them. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for them. So we're going to bring up the dreaded tie bomber. Oh, come on. Where's the, where's the put me in dad jail. That was a dad joke. That was a dread. Yeah. Hashtag dad. Uh -huh. joke. Anyway, it, dread is the first pilot. Mm -hmm. Matt, you want to read dread for us? Yeah. Uh, after you reload, each ship in your bullseye arc gains one deplete token. It is a dread. Uh, and then, of course, it has uh, pursuit thrusters, which during the system phase you may perform a, a boost action. Yeah, so now I, my question is, um, Charles, Yo. if you think about this, you're going to be giving... You're going to give everybody in your bullseye a deplete, deplete token, right? After you reload. But the, if yeah. you reload, you get a disarm token, don't you? Correct. 
Uh, depending, because there are some upgrades that will allow you to switch out the disarm for a stress to be able to shoot or something like that if you can get rid of it. But, I mean, if you're thinking of it lore-wise, if you're taking your, your gunner out to reload your reload your munitions, then you're not shooting anyway. Um, but for whatever reason with the ship, it makes everybody else less likely to hit you because you're assigning a deplete token to them, which makes them throw one less red die. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I have not seen an upgrade think of, that I could think of for FO. And if somebody watching or if anybody else knows of one, I'll be happy if they do that. Cause I mean, we have that in empire with those um, alpha class expensive ships Starlings, where you, yeah. yeah, where you want the disarm token. Um, to be able to fire your missiles or your cannons. So if they do that for first order, I'm that's pretty exciting. That would be a pretty exciting upgrade. I'm curious opinion. if they do something like that with like a, some sort of like a, what do they call it? Like a title or something like that or a configuration it would be interesting. I mean, cause think about it this way. If they did that, that ship, I mean, I guess it being in the bullseye, right? Like that's not going to get off every turn. Like this is more of a nice to have type thing, right? So right. it's it's not going to get off very often, I don't think. Um, you are an I three, so you're. I guess, I guess it's after you maneuver, you would reload. So I guess as long as you can maneuver and put a ship in bullseye, you're fine. But an I three has a higher probability yeah. of doing it to begin with because it it doesn't have to be during system phase, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't see it as being a super common thing, honestly. And you have to take the reload action, right? So you you can't take like a barrel roll. Well, you could. Could you do barrel roll reload? No, I don't think so. Right? You do no, reload you do evade. Evade, right. So you could at least do an evade. But still, you couldn't reposition afterwards is what I'm trying to say. right? You could yep. do the preposition during the system phase, but then you'd have to know. Um yeah, I agree with um, masked uh, TMT. I he's saying this may not see a lot of play. I agree. I don't know. I don't know. The only one that Tarani is that what it is? Tarani Coldo that basically has that bullseye. Yeah, it's like a low rent Tarani, but I'm not sure on this one. Uh, I don't know. Personally, I'm not sold on it either. If it's just me. Now, one thing I think we missed when we originally initiated the ship, I didn't realize this, but they have a barrel roll to target lock action. That is that's like identical to the the droid bombers. So I did not, I did not know that until I actually just looked at the ship. I was like, oh look, they have the, they have that. I don't know. So the interesting, interesting action bar on this one too, which is kind of yeah, cool. yeah, definitely different. I like the design space. I like that they're trying for something different. Um, <clears throat> but of course, I'm more excited about the uh, tie whisper. But that's me. All right, the next upgrade which is not faction specific is electro shafe missiles. Charles, you want to read that for us? I absolutely do. Uh, so with the electro chafe missiles, uh, during the system phase, you may spend a charge, uh, from this card to launch one electro chaff cloud using the three bank or four straight template, much akin to what you do with uh, Discord missiles, except Discord's a three bank and three straight, I believe, right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, and then place one fuse marker on it. Uh, the card's charge cannot be recovered. 
uh, to piggyback into this uh, from AMG's page um, that they can confirm that the electrochaff cloud has the following effects. Uh, while a ship is at range zero of the electrochaff cloud, it cannot be locked, jammed, or coordinated by other ships. After a ship moves through or overlaps an electrochaff cloud, it skips its perform action step, so just like a, uh, a gas cloud, uh, but then it gains one jam token and breaks all locks on it. And while a ship defends, if the attack is obstructed by the electrochaff cloud, it does roll one additional defense die. Uh, the only thing that I am unsure of, and um, I am not 100% sure, the charge, the fuse marker, does that mean... Yeah, I don't understand like, that, that. that. That alludes to that this comes off the board. It, so maybe it the, the fuse token leaves it on play, and then the second round, the fuse token goes without the fuse token to keep it in play. It dissolves and leaves play? I I don't know. Well, not that's so a, that it's not permanent on the map. It's not. Yes. I, I haven't been able to find anything clarified on it, but that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Probably a one-turn, two-turn thing. Yeah. I guess. Well, and, and my, my belief... I, I think you're right, Charles. My belief is that it it has to be that, like, there is no way that it can't be because it, it, look at the rig cargo shoot. It drops a debris field, right? We know what a debris field does. They don't have anything special. It just sits there. The only right. thing I could think of is that, um, the only thing I could think of is like the new missile that they have, the tracking missile that they have in Scum for big ships. This somewhat mm. feels a little bit similar to it, especially like with the movement of it. Um, you know, how you can shoot it out and, you know, where that missile lands. So I, I, I'm going to have to tend to agree that the probability is if you can't keep fuse markers on it, it's gone. But right. it is an object, though, from what the, what you said. I believe that identifies it as an object, right? So it will be a cloud that, um, you know, if people land on it, they can land on it. Now, I don't know if you're going to be able to use struts on it. I think it's going to be fine depending on how they defined it, right? I can't use struts on gas clouds, but I can use them on debris. But, yeah, I'm not sure on that one if that's going to be... Because it it's like a missile, I think, right? Because it's like yeah. chaff. It's basically like a chaff pile. I'm not sure that yeah. that's like... I mean, I don't know. Not sure that that's a landable thing, but I'm curious. There's going to be a ruling, obviously. So... Then the let me so let me have two minutes real quick, and I only I only say this just because I got I'm, I'm a little excited about this for droids, right? Because the hyena bombers I believe can take this. Pretty sure they can. Certain hyena bombers. I know there's other ships that can take it too, but I know for a fact I'm hyena bombers yeah. can take it, right? Yeah, HMP and most hyena bombers is my understanding. Yeah. Probably so, and a few other bombers. If I shoot this out, right? And it has a fuse marker on it. Um, I can throw my droid, one or two droids, directly in that cloud. Now, I'm going to lose any tokens I have, but it will kill any locks. It will act as an obstruction, and it doesn't affect my, my calculate tokens. Well, you have a jam token, right? You get a jam token, so... It will, it will affect no, your jam. Either. No, because you, if you are in the cloud, you lose 
all jam tokens. Right, but if you fly into it and land on it, you gain one. So does that mean that by flying, by landing on it, you gain one from landing on it, and then it's immediately removed since you can't be jammed? Yeah, because it says while a ship at range zero of an electrostrafe cloud, it cannot be locked, jammed, or coordinated. So the jam token doesn't exist. It's it, I again, we'll we'll need somebody like a D to you know to give us yeah. a little bit better of a real ruling on it, yep. but. According to what you read from, you know, the AMG site, because I think they actually commented on their Facebook post or their Twitter post, yep. one of the two. Because yep. Site J is actually the one that brought that to my attention. Um, yeah, interesting. So I'm wagering that this is going to create, a, a, for droids at least, and again, this shit better be expensive. Like, we have an electro proton bomb that's freaking like 13 points. <laughs> like, this has to be like 8 to 10 points, no matter what. Um the deal becomes, though, is if my droid can land on it and my droid can sit on this cloud, I can still use my network calculates because there is no, it's a, that's a gain effect, and there is no jam token on me. So unless somebody rules otherwise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot that damn thing, let it land right directly on the droids, and I lose all my tokens, but I'll be able to... I won't be able to shoot discord missiles, but I'll be able to use modified attacks. So, and it's going to protect the droids. Do we and, yep, yeah, it, just so you know, I did check anything that has the word disarm on it. Uh, there is nothing currently in FO that allows you to get rid of the disarm token, I don't think so. except for hollow and hollow can't carry these missiles. So, <laughs> All right. Interesting. So, Charles, are you going to be excited to run this with um, what's that ship in Scum that Captain Nim? Because can, can Captain nope. Nim run this? No. The only oh. Scum ship currently that has those two slots available is a Fire Spray. Oh y-wing. man, that sucks. The Y Wing. Okay, hold on. So. Can uh, Captain Scum Nim God, has to be able to because every other Y Wing has the ability to? Am I wrong? Well, well, I mean, now I have to, to double check. To the, to the Yasby. Hold on just a moment. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm right look here. At, no, hold on. I can bring it up on the screen. On. If you yeah, want. That's right. uh, payload and... Torpedo, uh, not missile. Torpedo, not missile. They do right. not have a missile win. upgrade. I believe the only ship, scum-wise, that has a missile and a torpedo is uh, the Fire Spray. Uh, I do That'd not think there's the Skurg... Uh, well, the Skurg about... has payload and payload. It doesn't have any munitions upgrade at all. All right. Not the quadrajet either. So can Captain Nim hold a a cloud? Can he Captain hold Nim somebody holds. else's bomb? Uh, no, it's uh, uh, maybe. I, I think it's friendly. So. Captain I think it's Nim friendly. can hold, hold on. A friendly. Uh, yep. I think it's yes, friendly. It's a friendly. Double check. It's yeah, before a friendly bomber mine. Well, it's bomb or mine. So if okay. this is not if this is not ca- classified as a bomb or a mine, if it's its own special thing, then no, Nim has no effect on it Damn. because it's a missile. I say okay. it's not likely to be. Nope. Yeah. Because I believe they That's categorize it as an object, is what I heard. So Yep. Yeah. So this All is right. gonna well, activate those object cards and stuff too, then. Hmm. This is exciting for um CIS, so Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like it's more yeah i don't know that's going to be interesting it looks like another thing cis can carry hmm crazy 
Well, FO bombers will be able to carry this too. So they'll have some competition. All right. I was say, does, so, can Rebel bombers carry it too? Or is it another uh, torpedo? I don't know. Let's look. Because the bigger question is going to be if um, if the new resistance bombers can, the, or resistance Y-wings. So no, the Y-wing is a torpedo and payload. Yep. So torpedo and, again, huh? Not 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 um not missiles, huh? What's it? What's another bomb carrier that might have missiles? Uh, I think maybe uh, the well, Empire the bomber, Empire bomber. Tie. Uh, you know what? Somebody Rebel gave me notes. Empires are Tie Punisher and Tie bomber. bomber. Yeah, Scott the Tie Bomber. Fire can. spray. The Resistance Y Wing can if they have the wartime configuration. Uh, FO, the new FO Bomber. Republic has no one that can run it, and Separatists just have HMP and some. Uh, you have some of the hyena bombers. Yeah. Yep. yep, the K Wing can too in Rebels. Interesting. Yeah, Rebel yeah, K-Wing is the only ship that can that I'm aware it. of. I'm I'm still yeah, excited. I'm not quite as excited because I was actually kind of hoping to have this in Scum um, to be able to use with Captain M, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> the next card that we were given is First Order, in, or first order ordina Ordinance Tech. And this card essentially says the First Order trains its pilots and gunners to be fanatic fanatically loyal prioritizing victory even over survival and it comes with a white reload to target lock mm. now it's a white target That's lock awesome that is pretty good so white again reload too. doesn't this doesn't this kind of push us into thinking there's an upgrade that will let us shoot while we're disarmed i mean it, this really has to lend to that not. if so then you're gonna be looking at whew. Just saying. Think about that. Being able to white reload, remove the, the disarm, and have a lock, that's painful. Because think about think about APTs, think about your proton torpedoes. I don't know. I think you're going into danger zone if you're going to give it free rain. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And it might. I don't. Again, I don't know. I just... I, I find this one, uh, the, depending on the point cost, if this is like a three to five point upgrade, I think this is okay for those bombers because before you're taking a reload to red evade action, now I'm going to take a reload to target lock. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird though, right? Th this is definitely weird. I look at the the tie SF. That's That's squarely where I look at when I see this because now you have SFs that can carry a mm -hmm. missile that they can reload exactly. and gain a target lock. So you have a TIE mm -hmm. fighter that now has the ability that they no, previously, or no, they did. SFs had target locks, but it was target lock to rotate. So now mm -hmm. they have two separate target lock actions that are linked, and this is white reload to white target lock. So Which there's no amazing. stress to doing this. Mm -hmm. So you have an SF that can reload their ordnance, plus take a target lock, so when they do their K turn the next round, they're set up to be able to fire that ordinance that they just, you know, just right. reloaded. So, yep, that's huge. That to me is big. You're right. I'm 100% behind you with that one, Charles. Take the turn off to give yourself a reload. Think of how many times I've run those, Chris, where I ran out of ordinance because I couldn't have anything. But now, not only can I just literally take a turn off to turn where I know I'm not going to be there, I can take a reload and a lock. And then the next turn, 
come right back in, and now I can focus instead of locking, which is huge. Yep. Well, I I still think there might be a a a card out there, but I don't know. So, well, I guess we'll we'll find you don't out. Know, in a not month. everything is. I was gonna say not everything Seriously. has been spoiled yet, so who knows what we'll see. Yeah, because I could be I know deal, for though. I know for a fact there is an illicit, and I don't know. Did we ever? Did we cover the? Did they release the new illicit? Because in There's one of the pictures I saw illicit, an illicit. Charles was really excited about the illicit that came out. Okay, so oh, then maybe the there one is that one. allows you to. There's one that allows you to the one that allows you to replenish a charge that I wanted to use with. Uh, yeah. That I wanted to use with uh, Java just to see how many times I could get it off, but right. I don't think it's going to be a serious contender for playability. Right. Yeah. That, that one. That whatever one you're talking about. That with the Java interaction. Overtune yeah. modulators, I think, is what it was. There you go. Something like that. Okay. So they. So they. Maybe they have. Maybe they don't have anything. And this is just going to be a sad. We get to reload and target lock and run away. Not my play style. I'll be honest. So. Yeah, not a huge fan either, but it does look very useful. I would love it on an SF, especially the SFs I like to swarm. All right. Agreed. So let's move into something else then. How about that? <clears throat> and and I do agree. I, I, I don't want to downplay the <clears throat> the SFs at all, as I do think those SFs can be really, really, really good. Um, I don't think they've seen much live play right but mm -hmm. or top table play i guess we should say but i do <clears throat> excuse me i do find it exciting to be able to give them a new option because think about running like a one whisper with a with with a couple of bombers or something like that i don't know <clears throat> don't know curious All when right. it comes out it'll be interesting to see what we can do with it shall we do what turns my dials? Sure, let's dive down that rabbit hole. All right. So, today, for what turns my dials, Atomic Mass Games released a statement, and this is not any news. I'm sure everybody else has covered this already, and we're not going to actually go into what this means for the X-Wing game or anything else. Or what this means for Armada. Because what turns my dials is a little bit different today. But they released a statement that says, As of 2022 and beyond, we are excited to continue supporting Star Wars Armada by prioritizing reprints of, <coughs> reprints of ex <coughs> existing products and organized play initiatives. However, we do not have any new Armada products in development, and we will provide additional information as it becomes available. <coughs> Now, with that being said, what turns my dials is that they have, AMG has given us pretty much no information about anything new that hasn't been developed by FFG. Nothing at all. And we used to complain about FFG quite a bit when it came to things that, issues that they had um, with communication. And I was upset originally because I kind of feel that this is them taking this weird backseat to the game and, 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 and not wanting to commit 
right? What really turns my dials, though, and, and this, this comes from when I watched the Marvel Champions, which FFG does still support, this week. They're releasing content, again, that was developed last year, stuff that they're just now going to be kicking out. They're having all sorts of delay issues, too, and stuff like that. Same way with, with, with X-Wing and, our, and all the other ships, right? We're seeing delays. But what turns my dials is the fact that FFG, as shitty as they are, actually openly said on their stream, do not worry, we are developing other stuff. We can't tell you what it is, and moved on. Now, when AMG wants to actually come out and say that, which they haven't yet, and this right here, that image right there, openly indicates they are officially not developing one out of three games they were given. Well, let's just have the transparency and honesty, right? If you're struggling to get developers, if you're struggling to learn the game, to understand the game, if you're struggling for any of this crap, that's okay. That's 100% acceptable. But open and honest communication and not treating us like, not treating this like it's just a product you make money on. That's what turns my dials because they have been open about all their Marvel crisis protocol shit, but here they haven't been able to tell us, Hey, by the way, you're getting this right. There was rumors of a razor quest crest well before, before they announced it on their, their stream at the beginning of the year. There was that's they officially confirmed we're getting one. We don't know when, but it feels like what they're doing is milking what FFG gave them and not bothering to communicate to the rest of us. And what's happening is you create a division and you create dissension amongst people. And yes, we could continue to go on and love the game. We could continue to play the game, but wouldn't it be better if we knew that in the next two years we're getting, these are the set you're getting set content. We're not developing anything else. And we only have plans to continue for organized play and reprinting other ships and maybe tweaking some of the issues. Some of those ships have right. Okay. I can accept that. That's an acceptable. That statement is an honest statement that they've given. And what bothers me the most is they haven't bothered to say anything about X-Wing. Now, some of this comes from me being a new X-Wing player, right? I've only been playing for, I don't know, Matt, what we've almost two years now, not even two years. I've invested a lot of money in this. I enjoy the competitive scene. I enjoy all the people I've met along the way. I enjoy, you know, hanging out and doing this all the time. What I don't enjoy is when companies want to be shysty about things. And again, they don't have to tell us what they're developing. They don't even have to tell us how much they're developing. They just have to give the indication that they're going to be developing something to give us a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope that we're going to get something past what FFG created. Your guys' thoughts. Tanner ran over. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to I'm going to quickly uh, address what uh, 5 by 5 just said. Um, yeah, he's right. So I hear what you're saying, and I do understand. But what I'm seeing out of AMG, regardless of where they they came from, right, where these products came from, I am seeing product releases for X-Wing. We're talking about it. We literally just got done talking about it. Um, but I'm liking that uh, they're talking about organized play still for Armada, which is nice. They did just, re- re- I think Armada just had released right before the whole AMG FFG switchover that there were the two, weren't there the two factions that were released, the Separatist and um, 
uh, I believe Separatist and I want to say Republic were, were, were I released, so, yeah. I believe, for Armada. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm happy that they are continued to do organized play, which is good. Because when the organized play goes away, we all know that that's when things start to happen. Uh, they're reprinting some of their old stuff, which is good. So at least what they're saying is, is they may not be releasing new stuff, but they are continuing to hold on to the IP and um, to support the community that's around it, even if it's not something that they're moving forward with. As for X-Wing, though, I'm happy to see that they are still, they may not be doing organized play just yet, but uh, they are doing releases. We do have ships coming out. We have new new pieces of the game coming out. Brand new ships, all the way, brand new ships, regardless of where the the um, development for them came from. At this point in time, AMG is part of the releasing crew, right? They are the people releasing it. Am I am I wrong, or is that correct? Well, you're wrong because they got rid of most of the FFG crew. <clears throat> They took on people from FFG, and then they re- they fired them. Right. They're all gone. Well, all I'm, but I'm three. Not I think. That. I'm saying the, the 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 ships themselves are being released by AMG, or is it being released by FFG still? <clears throat> Whose name is on the box, Chris? Is what I'm asking. Basically, uh, I, I think I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know because I did, I I have not looked at the box. Know. Yeah. See, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, we are still getting new stuff. Is what I'm trying to say. So, so I'm hoping that there's going to be more of a thing, but I, you sure. know, I'm still seeing stuff coming out. So, I mean, I'm holding out hope, I guess is my best way of saying that. And I get why you're upset. I'm not trying to decrease from that anger. It makes sense to me there too, but I'm, I'm like kind of like in this, like, I'm hoping that it's not as bad as it, as it could be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're hoping. So sure. here's, here's my, my thing. And I'll, I'll lay into what you said, and then I'll take away from what you said a little bit. So a few things that I've seen as far as argument points on this topic online that I feel support your feelings is that instead of what we've been used to, right, with with the way FFG released products up until they switched over to AMG, was instead of picture leaks, uh, you know, one to two pictures, something like that via a Facebook page, we had all become accustomed to some sort of a, a write-up where we got like five or six different cards. Um, we got, you know, pilots that were spoiled and all of this. And it was like a, a full write-up on that individual ship. And it was on FFG's X-Wing page. There is no AMG x-wing page the amg page when you go to it is almost explicitly reserved for crisis protocol now i have nothing against that this is their bread and butter good for it you know support the game that brought you i'm fine with it but it doesn't bode well when there is no mention of your support for a game that was handed to you with an existing play community, it's not something you had to build from the ground up. There's nothing there. So I, I do feel that same dread there when I when I look at the overall experience. However, on the flip side of that, when I look at what I know about Armada, and I will come on I will come on record and say that admittedly, 
it's kind of low because I've only played like maybe two or three games total. Those games took forever. There isn't really a competitive Armada scene. And my understanding is as far as the rule set, the ships and everything, it's pretty much a complete game. Like there's not a whole lot more that you are able to do for it. So continuing to support the existing culture as it exists while saying, you know, hey, we're not going to be developing anything new might be them just admitting, hey, there's nothing new to develop for this. Now, I don't know how accurate that statement is because, again, I don't play Armada. I play X-Wing. I'm hoping the fact that X-Wing has a competitive scene, but I, and again, I could be wrong, I don't remember there being an Armada World Championship. I don't remember Armada having any sort of, of like a major play at FFG headquarters, even when FFG was the one producing the game. They, they did. I Did they have a world championship? Because I don't remember. I remember them having yeah. world championships for all of their card games, and I remember there being a world championship for X-Wing. I don't remember being one for Armada. Just personally, I don't remember it. Um, but I don't think that... I'm willing to jump onto the bandwagon of X-Wing is dead because Armada is dead. Do I feel like they could... I agree with you that I feel like they could do a better job of communication. Um, do I feel like they have waded into the end of the pool that they've never been in before because they were able to build Crisis Protocol... Um, you know what I mean? From the ground up. So they built their own community, whereas X-Wing came with expectations. Right? X-Wing, <clears throat> The X-Wing community came with, this is what we're used to, and this is what we want. Um, and I don't, I honestly don't know. I hope that X-Wing has a long shelf life um, as they continue to pump out television shows, as they continue to pump out movies, as they continue to do what they're doing. There is unlimited potential to continue to add and grow the game. Um, and I hope that it continues to grow for a very long time. Um, do I know that that is the case? I don't. Um, and I hope that AMG does not shelf it like they did Armada. Um, amongst other games, I hope that AMG takes that ball and runs and improves the gameplay. Yep. <clears throat> and my point, and, and, and the but, reason... But again, this all could be... Sorry, Chris, I don't mean to step on you. I had another thought, and I lost it in the back of my head, so I apologize. Um, this all could be completely negated next week? Is it? Is it next week when um, when they do their stream-a-thon or whatever it is where they announce uh, like the, the next coming stuff two weeks from now? So this could all be answered in two weeks. They could come onto the stream and go, you know what, we're sorry about the communication issue. Uh, you guys have been heard. Here is what we're doing going forward, yada, yada, yada. And they solve everything on that stream. Do I know that's what's going to happen? No. Uh, I hope that's what's going to happen. But maybe we see them fix everything that we need to. And again, just to reiterate the point, and, and this is a little bit of a thing, and it, <clears throat> I come from a previous FFG card game, right? And FFG has done almost identically to Star Wars Destiny as what they did to Armada. Almost identical. Other than they did not move the house. But they actually took every developer that they had for Star Wars Destiny and didn't tell anybody and then moved them to other FFG games. 
And so while we were sitting around waiting for content and they would just kind of go, yeah, we got more stuff coming. Oh, we've got these delayed releases, this and that. They literally were milking us for our money. <clears throat> That's what they did. That's what FFG did. And what bothers me is when FFG will come out and say, Marvel Champions, we have new stuff in development. We're never going to tell you what it is or how long it's going to take, but we're doing that. That could be a bold-faced lie, but the probability of that is pretty low, right? And that's where AMG has failed. And I'm going to say this. AMG has failed and has not delivered. There is not a deliverable. And I get, yeah, we are getting ships, but all these ships were designed by other people. The stuff that they're t they're putting out, and like you said, they don't have good articles. The stuff they're putting out is shameful compared to what we used to get, and what we used to get was horrible. You know, like I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we we did have that. Now I won't say that the game's dead because of that. Even if they stop re releasing ships, doesn't mean we still can't have OP. We have seen the community rally around and actually do OP. We have seen different things happen. You can design new cards without having new ships very easy. You can design new pilots very easily. This game can live on. But the difference is, and this is what pissed everybody off in Destiny, is that FFG literally screwed the pooch so hardcore with people that they, lo they literally lost the fan base for anybody that wanted to continue this game onward. They have a continuing committee, but they don't... They're minimal. They're small. Now, X-Wing's a lot bigger than Destiny is, I think. I, at least I think they are. <clears throat> I'm guessing they are. Because <clears throat> otherwise, they would have gotten rid of X-Wing a long time ago. But the problem I have, and, and, and it again goes back to really solely just the communication. And all it is, is is I say, AMG, why don't you step up, put your big, you know, your big pants on, and actually just be honest with us about what's going on. If you got rid of all the developers, okay, fine. That's okay. Just tell us. That's all I'm saying. So that's what turns my dials is the fact that they're refusing to communicate in any way, shape, or form about actual true new content. And I will jump on your bandwagon here as I have given up a certain aspect that I used to love in that when FFG went live on Twitch or on YouTube or wherever they went live, I almost always checked to see what game was being played because they always played games, right? They worked with companies like, um, oh, what was, there was a, like a, a second party creator that did like templates for X-Wing, um, Team Covenant that had, you know, aftermarket stuff for X-Wing and they always got, you know, some release stuff. But there was always something going on. And whenever FFG went live on Twitch, I tuned in to see what was going on. I gave the same benefit of the doubt to AMG until every time they went live was not actually playing a game. Every time they went live was just painting. And while I can respect the art, I can respect the craft, no hate on anyone that paints ships or minis in any way, shape, or form. I got into X-Wing because the ships are already painted. I got into X-Wing because there's no effort. I open the pack and I play. And so for me... Every time they go live, it's painting. I just don't even tune in anymore. Yep. Unless they preempt it and say, hey, we're going to talk about or we're going to play X-Wing tonight, which has not, to my knowledge, happened since they took the product. I Right, they play my Marvel Crisis Protocol. I don't know, Psych J. That's the thing. I have only ever seen the live AMG Twitch stream paint ships. 
except for when they do um uh except for when they do like their their stream of thons where they want to talk about um and to be fair the last one we had for that the last stream of thon was where they talked about the the crew packs that we've got um you know i i'll jump on the bandwagon um with dion and them right from from uh gsp if you don't understand the game that's fine if you want to learn how to play the game let us know contact somebody we have a community right contact gsp right. contact hexiled contact fly better We'll Landing meet you somewhere. Yep, contact us. Exactly. It doesn't <laughs> gotta be. We don't need it to be on record. I'll I'll CIA this nonsense and say that it never happened. If you want to right. learn, we can NDA it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you I'm reach out to the community, right? So, yeah, and that's like, and that's the other thing know. too. I mean, obviously, they know how to play the game, and they can figure out how to play the game. I mean, I I don't. I think that it's less about playing the game. I mean, there is a lot of complexity. Let's play. Let's be fair. That's part of the reasons why we all play this game is the layers of complexity mm -hmm. and the interactions and stuff like that too. But agreed. Um, you know, I the thing that I'm seeing though is is like I don't understand why they can't take more ownership in this product project. Now, what they might be doing, and you know, just straight up, they might be working on setting up a team. Right? We don't know. We're not on the inside there. Right? They might be putting together people who are on a team who are going that who are going to run this but because of the pandemic it is a possibility that they haven't had a chance to yet put forward the team maybe there isn't a community team yet maybe there isn't an internal team i'm not i'm not trying to say that that's the answer but it is a possibility right like it is a possibility that they just are still putting together this this team, this crew, right? Because it did all happen during the pandemic. And as everybody can attest, things are still getting put back together. And with the Delta variant, I mean, even things that were getting put back together are starting to fall apart again. So, you know, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say that, but what I am trying to say is that may be a little bit of a hiccup for them. That's all. I'm, And, and again, I am not... I'm not I'm trying to give them an out at all. They should right. have something available. They should have acted before now, too. Sorry. Well, Didn't my mean... thing is, and no, no, and I'm I'm right there with you, hundred percent there with you. I I don't think that we should expect. Oh, here's your OP announcement, right? We don't know what's happening with the with the world from one day to the next. You know, three months ago. We looked like everything was going back to normal, right? The world, our local game stores started opening back up. We started having regular game nights again. Uh, we weren't wearing masks anymore because the vaccine was there. And that might be just Florida. I don't know because we're crazy here. But that being said, you know what I mean? I'm not expecting OP announcement. All we're asking for is communication. Post something right. on your yeah. Facebook page. Right. Make a thing. Hey, we're still working on X-Wing. We still want to do OP. Here is where we're at. Give us a State of the Union address every once in a while. You know, we even, even if it's just a points update, we haven't had a points update since they took over. Right. You know what I mean? No, even, I, even if it's just I, a points yeah. update. So... 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like completely Jay. with you. Like Jay. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally I, responding I get right my now to him. Out regularly. That's right, Psych J. <laughs> I agree. Oh, dude, the, the ghosts are real. Like, Chris has, like, totally has, like, his own dice that he, like, keeps for this whole thing. No, I, and, and, uh, five by five was saying earlier too in chat and a hundred percent behind you there too. Right. And I'm a big proponent of especially these game designers and especially people that have been doing this for a long time. Like, why are we removing their jobs? Right. And it is a big concern, but maybe they were paid too much. I don't know. It's hard, uh, you know, doing business stuff. Maybe there isn't a, you know, there isn't an actual market yet for them or I don't know. Uh, there could be other the reasons, but yes, it is. It's true that they really only have themselves to to blame, right? Yeah. Um, yeah the, the IP is the so only, expensive. The only thing that I can, the only thing I can think of, yeah, for sure. The only thing that I can think of that would draw the need to eliminate a position that previously existed is redundancy. Now, again, I don't know AMG's yeah. corporate structure. I don't know if John Smith at right. AMG already given the X-Wing IP and he's running with it in silent and they just went, you know, Steve Jobs, mm -hmm. we don't need you to run this, so go do your thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that when you yeah. absorb an entire IP that has existed for close to a decade, I think it's over, is it a decade? I think it's 2006 years, but 2.0 is what, three or four years now? Three right, years, I think. But you know, we're, 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 yeah. we're, we're approaching a 10 year lifespan for a, for a miniatures game. You know, when you, when you have that big of a fan base, like if you're going to get rid of the people that we know, the faces that we know, you need to replace them right. with faces that we can get to know. Right. Yeah. Right. If you're going to get rid of Steve and Steve has been beloved to the X-Wing community, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for Steve, but I get it. It's, it's business, right? That's what happens. But then we right. need John to step in and be like, hi, guys, I'm the new Steve, and step up and, and play that game. Right. Yeah, and I guess I'm like kind of going on the whole resistance thing, right? So my whole thing is, is I'm hoping. I, I mean, I see exactly what you guys are saying. I understand exactly what you mean. There's all these cracks that could be there, but I'm I'm just I guess I'm holding out hope if, if if that makes sense, right? As we play this game, as we enjoy it, I just want it to continue, and I'm hoping that standing here on my side of the screen, if I can just hope hard enough, maybe that you know everything will be all right. Yes. Well, I stopped believing in hope a long time ago, but. We do have some hope, right? We have some hope because we're going to go over the results for the X-Wing Team Championship. <clears throat> so, I apologize to switch gears. I just think we've we've exhausted it. Uh, there's not much Again, we we I guess we're going to have to stand by Matt and just hope. I guess that's what we're going to have to do. We get to hope. But I get to continue to be critical cuz hey, that's the type of person I am. Oh, it's sparkly what vampire. Sparkly vampire. So, this weekend was the finals, and if you had not known, there was a prediction that people could fill out. If you, um, I, I don't know where they posted the form. Honestly, don't know where I got it, but they had a form where you could put your predictions in. Um, so final results results were so close it's not even funny. We had Italy seven and two, USA seven and two, and Singapore seven and two. 
Um, and they all came down oh. to individual game wins. Oops, wrong wrong window. So the reason Ooh. Italy won is because they had one more game win than the U.S. did. And big shout yeah. out, real quick, real quick, big shout out to the man with the plan who did everything he could to load our entire country's dreams of an XTC championship and carry him square on his shoulder. Big shout out to Marcel Manzano for going undefeated in all of his individual final round games, doing everything he could to try and carry us to that first place victory. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't wow. believe it. with his list he went nine and oh. So that's that's how good of a player he is because that list cannot be that amazing that it goes nine and oh. But maybe it is. It's something we've never but seen. That, we can get to so, his list actually. But that's the if thing. You want. Yeah. And that's something that I've said about X Wing since the day I started playing it is with games like, say, Magic the Gathering uh, and other games, if I build my deck exactly like the World Championship deck, it's an odds engine, right? That's what a, a card game is, is it's an odds engine of drawing your win condition cards. Your odds are the same with me playing it as they are with World Championship because the deck of cards is exactly the same. With X-Wing, there are so many positional variables, dice variants, remembering triggers, um, trying to plan for what your opponent is going to do. There are so many variables that even if you're flying the same list that, you know, Timo flew for his world championship run or that Marcel flew for his, you know, his regional championship run or whatever for his XTC undefeated, I could pick this list up and go bomb and just crap the bed with a list that he went undefeated with because it is a lot about your skill and your understanding uh with that overall list as well so i agree this list if i flew it i don't know that i could do anything with it um and for those who are asking his list was uh, Obi-Wan in the Ada 2 with Sense, Auto Blasters, Stealth Device, Marksmanship, and R7A7, uh, which is the crit bot. Rick Olay in the Naboo Royal N1 Starfighter uh, with Daredevil, R2 Astromech, and Advanced Sensors. Uh, and then Anakin Skywalker in the Naboo N1 Starfighter uh, with Intimidation, R2 Astromech, Collision Detector, and Advanced Proton Torpedoes. Uh, commonly referred to, thanks to Marcel, as the Baby Master. Uh, let him get in, block to remove, you know, basically treating him as an outmaneuver stub. So anyone that bumps into him, it loses an evade die. Uh, with that collision detector, um, he can spend a charge uh, to ignore rocks, so he can just fly through and get blocks crazily. Lots of interesting, interesting play, and so, you know what I mean? I would not do well with this list. This is three paper airplanes, three very fragile ships that if you make one mistake, they are very unforgiving. Um, but he played it well. He went undefeated in uh, what six or seven rounds, Chris? Nine. <clears throat> no, oh, excuse nine me. Rounds. Sorry, nine rounds. Holy God. Holy I could man. not imagine doing nine rounds in a day. Uh, they split it up over two days. That's why. Oh, okay. Days. That's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, even that's then, a lot better. Still, still though, yep. 
And I agree with you though. Those those N ones too. Those are those are two die two defensive die ships. That's crazy. Yep, there. It's like an Alpha Strike style list, right? That's that's really what this is. This is an aggressive Alpha Strike list that, like you said, Annie can come in, get his blocks, get off his missiles, do his regen. <clears throat> Rick does Rick things because you know how Rick is. And LB flanks and goes around and murders people. That crit bot is usually seen on Anakin, but then you couldn't run um, Annie in the N1. So Baby Annie, yep, exactly. So it's like Jay from the All right, chat. So uh, we apparently, when they make a the movie game. about we, uh, Team USA, Shia LaBeouf has to play Marcel Manzano. I love it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so it looks, here, here's you. round one. Can you guys hear me? Or no. Yeah, I can hear you. Yes. You're breaking. I can hear you. Yep. Is it? Is mine delayed? Hear me? Yeah, there's. there's no, it I just sounds tell. like you're lagging. Like there's an audio lag. Chat says they can hear you though. Yeah. Okay. Here's a deal that we have one round two and round three, and with these different rounds here, you know you can kind of see the different you know plays. You can see Italy was really strong. England came in strong. Germany came in strong. France came in strong. The U.S. did not do so good round one. Right, so that's probably some of the little bit there is if you look through the different rounds when they did the different pairings because they all have to play it's because it's a team event. Uh, that's the big issue right there, right? So you could see through all the different rounds that some of them the USA came in really strong, Singapore came in a rough around the same. So a lot of these, it's kind of funny if you look at all of the total points, you had 38, 37, and 36. Even even Peru came at third four, so it was a very tight thing all around. Did you guys have anything else for XTC before we move on? No, I I nope. think that okay. overall the games. I I'll be honest with you, I didn't follow it too heavy beyond when we were streaming it, and I really enjoyed being able to stream it. And I caught a couple of games, but just because of the time difference, it was not something that I was able to see as much of it as I would like, but I am proud of everybody that stuck it out and saw that through. It was really cool. So yeah, I'm just uh wanted right. to shout out to all the players, obviously grats for everybody keeping, uh, you know, doing the team play out there and, and getting the uh, organized play still going and uh, keeping out on the tables. I love it. So grats to all the winners and losers, everybody who played. That would have been me. I'd have been one of the losers. <laughs> me too. I think okay. I think we all share that uh that trait, sir. Yeah. Yay, team loser. Join playing. All right. Jason. So <laughs> All right, so for the last the last portion of what I wanted to go through tonight is I wanted to talk about what makes a good squad and what is a squad type, right? And so the idea here is to talk about, you know, different types of squads that you can fly um what what each one has the advantage for why what outcomes and what conditions can be provided for each because the big thing is 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 and I wanted to do this after we talked about XCC because for example Char or um 
Marcel's list is that aggressive alpha strike type list. He's got a flanker. He's got two guys going in. They're got, they've got aggressive missiles. They've got big guns that they could throw at you right off the bat, and they can start eliminating team members. So I thought it would be a good idea if we talked about what do we feel um, makes a good squad, right? And so we'll start with Charles and kind of go to Charles, Matt, and then myself, and and, and just give what is what do you feel makes a good squad, Charles? I'm going to caveat this with a question, really quick. Um, thank you, my love. I appreciate it. And that is, are we talking about just lists in general, or are we talking about a competitive list? Because they, I approach those, and this is just me personally again. I approach them two very different ways. If I'm sitting down across from Chris or Matt, I want to play something that I love. I want to play something that I find fun. Um, I don't care if I win or lose as long as it's enjoyable and I'm able to do some crazy stuff with the list. I like that. If I'm paying $15 to sit down at a tournament or I'm paying $20 to sit down at a tournament or whatever price, then the list has to be built differently. I still have to enjoy it, but there are different staples that I look for in a list for a competitive play uh, than there are that I look for when I'm just playing around with my friends. I think you you could answer that both ways. How about that? I think that I think that's a viable question on both fronts, right? You know, like I guess in my how about this? In my opinion, if you're just playing against friends, what makes a good squad? It, 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 I don't want to talk about you may, building a jank tank type thing, right? You know, like okay, I'm going to run Darth Vader. And Soontir fell. It's kind of a joke. I mean, but they're both, they both have synergy together. But if I run Darth Vader and then decide I'm going to run, like, I don't know, two TIE fighters that have nothing on them and I give like a 30 point bid, that's just me messing around, right? That's just a mess around squad. That's not actually building a good squad. So I think you could address right. it on both, both sides of it, to be honest with you. Sure. Sure. So from a, a enjoyability standpoint, right when i look at what i enjoy um i have certain ships i have certain pilots that i really like i love guri i like fen rao um i like dengar um i am primarily a scum player i'm trying to branch out into republic a little bit more uh, but primarily i'm a scum player so i have certain pilots that i enjoy i have certain builds that i enjoy with those pilots but generally speaking i will pick one ship that i enjoy and then the rest of it is just huh, what haven't I played in a while that I think would work well uh, with this list? Uh, and then I just start filling in the blanks with what I can points-wise. On the flip side of that, um, when I go to build a tournament squad, when I go to build a competitive squad, I look at, the first thing I do, if I'm being honest, is I go to List Builder. I go to List Fortress. I go to any of those cataloging sites where they are you know compiling all of the tournaments and i look for what the top performing scum lists are and then i look at them and go okay that's great that that worked for somebody else what doesn't work for me right i'm very aware of what my play style is so what doesn't work for me and what can i swap that out with um so like for instance there was that cis list uh, that ran uh, uh, Zam with uh, General Grievous and a bug or another ship of whatever, like either a uh, drone, a Trade Federation drone, a bomber, an HMP, whatever you could fit in there points-wise. And I love that list, 
but I don't do well with CIS. It's not familiar to me. So I built a list with the I2 uh, fire spray for scum, uh, throwing in Fenrau and then, um, you know, a backup. I think it was an M3A. I think I put Sarisu in there uh, for the M3A. But I was able to build in the pilots that I like to fly with an archetype that has already been proven to be successful, right? Dual fire sprays is another one. I love dual fire sprays, but I don't want to run Zam Django. I don't want to run, you know, the the list that works for everybody else. And this is the downside. It's why I don't place high in tournaments. It's why I don't do well in competitive play. I'm an, I'm a middle-of-the-road player, sometimes four and two, but more often than not, I run three and three. But for me, I want it to be something that I can enjoy and something that fits my play style over fitting the archetype that's going to win. So for me... More than any other thing, it has to be fun. Because if it's not fun, then why am I playing this game? And that's just for me personally. That's how I look at it. That's what I want to look for. So that's how I build my lists. Fair enough. Matt, what makes a good squad? Well, so many things. Um, but I guess <laughs> I'm going to kind of... I'm going to kind of zero in because it's going to be a really long podcast otherwise. So uh, for me, I like to think of a list. Uh, well, obviously, when we're talking about just playing for fun, sometimes I just put things together because I'm curious what it's going to do. Obviously, you know, try something out, try something new, see how it reacts or see how it acts. So sometimes I want to play something just because I've never played it before. So that is one thing I do when it, we're talking about like casual play uh, is is kind of playing a ship I've never before or an equivalent uh, like with scum, for instance, see if I can get a particular thing to work out. But overall, in general, when you're talking about list building, what I like to try to do, I like to have a, a plan, build a list towards a plan or towards a type of play or what I would like to do with that list. Uh, like a great example is Marcel's list, right? It's a hit and run kind of list. He has all those advanced sensors. He has a very high alpha. Basically, the point is to go in, do a lot of damage, and get out, and then stay away from them for the rest of the match. Uh, now that that that's not my style of play, but that's good for instance to have a group of ships that you have the 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 setup or an idea. Like I'm going to run these ships as a squad i'm going to run these two together run these two together uh or uh this is a synergy squad so what i'd like to do is i'd like to be able to bounce this focus to this character and this character is going to focus to that character or this one's going to do do a an evade so this one can have an evade or whatever it may happen to be but i like to have a i wouldn't say like a plan like a shot for shot style but an overall overarching idea of what i want to do with my squad uh, or how I want to fly that squad when I when I plan the ship building. So I guess that, that would be kind of my short and sweet. So in my world, <clears throat> or kind of how I see what makes a good squad, and, and I think it goes into both sides, you know, obviously what is your goal, right? Charles's goal is to always have fun and run scum. That's what Charles has one goal. He likes to have fun wrong. and You're he likes wrong. to run scum. He insanely loves running scum. Even in random playtest things, he likes to run scum, which is fine. That's what Charles likes. Um, 
he is missing out on some good droid action. But just saying, um, <clears throat> in my world, like what what makes a good squad is the it's the ability to have synergy to meet your end goal, right? So if you run a swarm, your goal is to block, to stop token action, and to focus fire, typically, right? Um, if you're running like an alpha strike, your your goal is to get in, get out, then get out, do your damage, take a ship to a board. You can half points to ships. You're you're gonna win in the points game. Run away so that people don't touch your ships. This play is outmaneuver, you know, outmaneuver. So for me, again, it, it, what goes into making a good squad is is that is the city around the ability for the ships to be able to take themselves and, and place themselves in a unique way that allows them to get your end goal. So in Charles's world, right, he likes to have fun. So if he can do the most scummy thing in the world, he is he has built a good squad in his opinion. Because what else do you do? He just wants to torque mucks me and then throw jamming tokens on me and then tractor me onto a rock. That's what he wants to do. Because that's where that's Charles loves that scum scum interaction, right? Um, yep. Whereas Matt is more of that different. He, he Matt, Matt's more of a middle of the road type player where he wants a four to six ship list roughly. He wants to come in. He wants to have some cool techniques, but he doesn't want to have seventy triggers he has to remember every single time. He wants ships that are similar but not swarmy. You know that fly similarly without having to be a bunch of swarms or just give them aces. One of the two. You can do that too. You can give Matt aces. Matt likes aces too. So Matt likes to outmaneuver you. <clears throat> and then when Matt doesn't outmaneuver you, then he gets pissed. So there you go. But that's, that's the style. Those are the different styles. Whereas I play more swarms. So I, I think when we talk about what makes a good squad, it's all in uh, the synergy and the style of, of how your ships get you to the end goal. So, being said, you know, what are some of the examples in your world? Some things that when you are looking to put a scum, the scummiest of scum things together, what are you looking to trigger in, in, in the different, different upgrade ships you put in there? Um, for me, I, I dig a good alpha strike. Like I, I really do. If I'm, if I'm being a hundred percent transparent, I like that good first punch. I like, uh, and round with proton torpedoes. Um, I like to knife fight. I want ships that reward me for getting at range one. I want ships that reward me for being aggressive. Um, I'm not so good at planning where my opponent is going to go i'm not so good at trying to do that so having upgrades like the slave one title or robots where i can adjust my stupidity uh based on you know what i mean based based on what my opponent does right because we've all planned those moves where i'm like oh three bank works great here um and then chris moves right into where that three bank is and i'm like crap that sucks i wish i could change that well having upgrades that allow me to do that or having sense uh things like that that allow me to to see what's going to happen so i can plan accordingly are are very beneficial um but on the over and under things for me i want to throw as many red dice as possible 
as many times as I possibly can. I don't like running away. I don't like being dodgy. Um, I like getting in your face and throwing red dice and seeing who can deal the most damage first. Uh, that's kind of my goal with just about every list, and I'm sure you guys can attest you've played against enough of my lists and our fun games. Uh, that's generally a pretty solid look when you look at just about any list archetype that I've built or that I've played. Uh, they're generally designed to to get in and knife fight. I don't generally des I don't do well with bombers or lists that are designed to run away and not be aggressive. Uh, so I tend to build my lists specifically there. Okay, Matt, how about you? Um, you know, I have a hard time uh, deciding on one thing. Uh, for me, I. I have a tendency to to be a bit too eclectic in my playstyle, I guess. Like you said, too. I'm a four six list and happy, or Gases happy. I, I, I don't know if I have a particular thing. I do like synergy lists. I also like basic lists that I don't have to remember. Lots of triggers, like I said. Uh, like you, some, Sometimes it's nice to be able to do a bunch of stuff. Sometimes it's nice to not. Have to worry about much stuff. Uh, for me, it's just about putting pieces on that I think are solid. That's where I I like to try to do is have those solid kind of of pieces. So if I put together enough solid pieces into my groups into my different things, I think that that probably gives me my strongest play and also my most fun play is when I when I feel like I at least have a fighting chance regardless of what's on the board. Fair enough. In my <laughs> world, it's usually, for, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think it kind of goes into what what is what lends to you building your your best squad, right? And, and that's that's really what you know. I think it comes down to because I think that's the the largest important piece here is that you're going to have you know you're going to have the most success you can have with it, right? All right. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about squad-wise? Things you feel compelled to share with the community? I think that for me, building a list that you're comfortable with is important. But and I've said this on previous episodes, the thing that separates someone from top sixteen to not top sixteen. And this is something that I struggle with. And Chris, I'm going to call you out a little bit because you struggle with it just as much as I do. And that is settling on a single list and playing it. Rep after rep after rep after rep. Just playing that list and settling on it. Chris and I have had many discussions up to three hours before a tournament starts about what list we're going to run and neither one of us have settled on a specific list that we want to play or that we know specifically what we're going to do or we'll settle on a list and we'll play it and then with five hours left, we'll start tweaking something uh, to try and make it better rather than just leaving it well enough alone. Uh, and the reality of the situation is making sure that you build a list that you're comfortable with and that you are comfortable against all scenarios. Um, I will tell you that being comfortable against medalists are important. Um, however, 
in my experience, unless you're being cut, you're winning consistently, odds are you're not going to see a lot of those meta lists beyond the first round. Because your first round pairing, you're going to get whatever the system gives you. If you lose your next round, you're going to be paired against everybody that lost in that first round. So if they're medalists, odds are you're not going to see them. If you win your second round, or even if you lose your second round, you could wind up in a situation where, you know what I mean, you're, you're continuing to fall down ladder in round four, and you spin around after losing two or three, and win the next three, because now you're paired against lists that don't necessarily pair well against anything. Now, if you start winning your round one, round two, round three, then you're going to start seeing a lot of those meta lists. So, again, just practice against anything that you can practice against um, because it's about situational awareness. It's about looking at what your opponent has, looking at what options you have, what actions are going to be best for you. Um, but when it comes to list building, it's about being comfortable in your list and being comfortable with what actions you can take no matter what the situation. Yep. Thank you for and I'll agree with you. Talk. You can call me out on that. That's that that that's probably really fair. I I, I don't like this and I have that issue. I will tell you, you know, the problem, Evan. Like I, I have to apologize. Like when the last GSP tournament I played it, I had to apologize to a couple people because they're like, "Oh my god, you have Jingles and it's like I know, but this is the list I have the most risk with. You know, like I I'm, I apologize, you know. In advance, but I'm not here. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here because I don't have my invite yet. All I want is my stupid invite. Once I get my invite, then I'll fly whatever the heck I want to fly. You know, I'm not going to pick some top tier metal list. Um, <clears throat> or I will, and I'll tweak it. You know, for a while I was running three Jedi Knights with battle meditation and shy. Right? That's really not a. I mean, it's a semi metal list, but it had my own take on it with the battle meditation. You know. And it takes away some of those points you can give to Shakti with a, a cannon or the patience and things like that. So I don't know. To me, that kind of goes back to, you know, I agree with you. I have a hard time solidifying on it. And and yeah, some of it is because of the amount of time I don't have time to spend getting reps in. And, and this is the biggest problem is when I played Star Wars Destiny, games were 30 minutes. And the way we used to practice, this is how we would practice. We would be playing a game, and if somebody was winning, so say you had two or three characters, if you were winning by, um, basically you had a 75 to 80% chance you would win that that game, you can see, uh, the other player conceded, we reshuffled and replayed again, or swapped out decks. So I could play six games in one hour with Destiny, doing it in that format, if we really got done to it and had everything prepped. So when I was going in to try to make cut for some of the different tournaments, it was a lot easier. I had my, um, I had a specific deck. I knew how it played. I had a burn deck that I like to play uh, with my Wookies, or not Wookies. I'm sorry, my Ewoks, and um, I love that deck. And it literally just would burn things down. And I had, if I hit a certain deck type, I knew I would lose. I had a thirty percent chance I would lose. So we didn't practice against those decks very often. So I only I limited my meta decks that I had to play against, and it just was easier to get reps in. In X-Wing, just as Charles said earlier, you know, we played a game where three rounds before, I thought my once you took Soontir off the board, and Soontir did zero damage back to your IG ship, and I, I, I baited him in there. I went in, 
and aggressively went in to kill the IG ship or to half it. And I had one point left on Soothsayer. I was like, screw it. At this point, you already got half points. I can't run from you. You've got me cornered into the board. I'm going to turn in my up and aggressively attack you. And if I live, great. If I don't, at least I can get half points on one of your ships. And it didn't work that way. So Soothsayer rolled one, <laughs> one out of four hits. And all blanks. <laughs> Without target lock, you can't do anything. Ouchie. And, you know, so my focus of A did nothing. Ouch. Um, anyway, so the, uh, long, long story short, was that's what it was. And, and, but I came back and barely won that with Vader outmaneuvering his IG ship. In swing, it turns a little differently. So. Matt, you have something? Um, I, I mean, you guys really pretty much cover, I would say my, uh, my big thing when it comes down to, to loading and kind of stuff, I, some, you feel your at, which comes down to reps and comes down to doing stuff. Uh, you enjoy playing, you, you like, you have reps, you know how it works. You could fly it. You know, the dial without looking at the dial, you look at the board, know where you can go. Um, Basically, reps, 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 which I know everybody else hit too, but really, it's nice to be able to have played against it with it, uh, with, with the list. Like, it, like what Charles was saying, if you run into a medalist, at least know what you're up against. If you've run the same list, you kind of have an idea. So, just not just reps, but play something that you feel plays towards your style of play. Uh, so, if, like, for instance, you really do enjoy running four ships, then run four ships uh you know and just get good at a list of ships and if you find that it's fitting you try to notify some way to perform that will make it fit for you but don't try to put square you know square block into a round slot it just isn't gonna work right so try to find something that at least is like will work for you and modify it that way uh, in it's hard to say like you don't want to change things at the last minute, but if, if things aren't working for you, then do your best to find something that will work for you. Even, even if you don't have as many reps with it. So there you go. Right. Fair enough. So the last thing I want to show, and this is, this is for Charles here. I have this, this list is for Charles. I built a multi fashion, jank tank or maybe not quite jank tank list off of his ig list and i'm going to share it with the world because i thought this was hilarious charles if you ever want to branch into a multi-faction where you could bring one scum ship and the rest are cis this ship this list is perfect for you you get in this list charles you get ig 88a which go ahead that's the calculate sharing ig it is, it is, it is, it is. And and there's two things you can do with this. I don't know if it would be good or not, but we'll, we'll talk about them in a second. You have sync laser cannons, thermals, faults, transponder codes, and predator. You could share your calculates like crazy. Then you have one, two, three, four, five vultures, three with discords, two with thread tracers. This allows you to share your calculates. This allows you to give a calculate back to the, one of the droids that fires a discord missile. This allows you to keep your, your ba stay back and you get, if you're calculating with that sync laser cannon, you get to have this. 
And the here's here's the other idea I had with this is you could put like a collision detector, and can't you land on rocks? And you now have an IG. <laughs> you have an IG that can land on rocks. <laughs> so here's an even in, an even more interesting thing. How many points are left on your list? Z- zero, because I I filled it out. You can make room. Oh. Though. I almost would, and, and I'm going with what Twitchy Five by Five said. I'm going with what Twitchy Five by Five said because I think this would be hilarious. Dropping thermals to throw in a tractor beam on IG88A so that you can tractor people into I... the Discord missiles that the Troid Federation drone shot into space, uh, giving more, you know, better chance at real damage because then. <laughs> Not only are they tractored onto that, but they're also tractored, so they get one less defense die as well. Here you, you go. You can. Though, right? Yep, you get rid of sync laser cannons, but you could have auto blasters and tractor beam and drop to marksmanship and keep thermals and have tra- or tra- false transponder codes. <laughs> Nobby said that. You, you could have all that. Hey, Nobby, how's it going? God, that'd be that's so much hilarious. Fun. That would be I, so much fun. There you go, Let's Charles. Just, can we all we take a moment and be thankful that this is not something that exists? Yeah, you're right. It can, but it's a fun. It, this is fun. This is when we talk about when when they open up multi faction list building in um Gatsby, I got so excited. I I I have a supernatural Kylo Vader build that that I would love to run. Um. Right, is it Kylo Vader? I don't remember if it's Kylo Vader or not. But I have a supernatural build that would be hilarious to run. But either which way, I think I I thought of you, Charles, when I built this this afternoon while I was dealing with other things. So, all right, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for the night, um, or for the day for those of us, those of you joining us from the other side of the world. Um, thank you all for joining us today, tonight, whatever it is in your time zone. We'll be back next week at nine p.m. Oh, I have one thing that I forgot to mention. So last week we talked about the draft that we did. We did a whole draft and this whole thing, and all. And we made all these plans. So we have had enough donations to pay for half of the ticket to fly Charles up here. So Charles has committed the rest of the funds. We found a very cheap plane ticket. We are going to actually do an in-person um, planning face syndicate tournament with me, Charles, John, and Matt for the draft that we had last week. The last two weeks. So we are going to do that on September 19th. We will stream it live as long as uh, Bob, uh, the place we're going to has good internet. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he does, but um, we'll, we'll be testing that out. And so that's what we're going to be doing is streaming that live. So we'll be doing very similar uh, to what other people have. And we'll have a couple of commentators in one room and then we'll have the game set up in another room. Um, by the end of this week, I will have the list published um, in a doc, and I'll put it in our Discord, so if people want to look at them. So you're going to get to see me fly scum. I don't fly scum on a table almost ever. I've only flown scum on TTS. Like, I have flown scum, what, twice? Maybe maybe three times? Because I think I have a um, a full fang fighter and a gummit key list I've flown before. Other than that, I've never really flown a lot of scum on the table. So you're all going to get to see some crazy... Chris flies scum that Andy doesn't usually fly on a table. So we're in Michigan. We, in we are located in Michigan. I can't wait to see how crazy this is. Yeah. 
It is. It's going to be a it's lot different. Great. All right. So we will. We're going to be doing that. I'll have. We'll have more details um, for everybody next week. But we will be streaming it on Twitch. So that's how we're going to stream it. Is right onto Twitch. Um, um, I'm going to be setting up at another person's house, and uh, we'll be back next week with another amazing episode talking to you. Hopefully, about more spoilers. That would be nice. Um, if we have more spoilers. Also planned for next is a pick set. I know I'm gonna say a lot not to put picks together. I had a hard time finding people that know a lot about Epic, so I had to learn how to play Epic first before we can actually do that. But we're gonna be doing um an Epic uh we'll be doing an Epic stream uh for that here in the next two weeks. With that being said, thank you for joining us. Have a good night, and we'll see you next week at 9 p.m. Eastern 100 UTC time. Have a good night.